Hello world, welcome to Hopecast. This is our podcast on spirituality, sexuality, wellness and queerness. This is Paul in London with a bit of a cold, which is why I sound a bit miserable, a bit husky, a bit wheezy. Uh, And I've been feeling really sorry for myself, (laughs) which I'm sure you'll find hard to believe. Um, Yeah, just grumpy and a bit grisly. And despite spending time uh, with really wonderful people over the past few days, I've just been a bit moody. And I've been really trying to put things in perspective. Um, particularly with the hideous situation in Ukraine with the Russian invasion. Um, Hopecast actually has listeners in about, I think it was 39 countries last time I looked, including Ukraine. And so I really want to try and send some hope to everyone who listens, but particularly if we do have any listeners in Ukraine, um, just to say that we are thinking of you and we think of you as part of our global family, Um, and that we are sending love and hope and power your way. And uh, today, uh, Nick and I actually met up in person, which was really nice. Um, And we went to the new exhibition at the Barbican in London, which is called Out and About. And it's an exhibition by the Bishopsgate Institute, who you should check out because they're amazing. They have um, an archive of LGBTQ plus memorabilia uh, spanning the last few decades of queer life in London. Sorry, and they've... I don't know that. Oh, <laughs> Alexa doesn't know that. Never mind, Alexa. That's okay. You're listening to Hopecast. You'll find out something really interesting. Uh, so yeah, this exhibition at the Barbican Centre is really moving and powerful. It's uh, how do you describe it? It's it's kind of a mix of politics and protest and celebration and sex and death. Like there's everything there. And so much of it is quite raw. Like there, everything has jagged edges. You know, there's uh, posters from the 1970s and 80s from these gay groups that were just emerging in London. There's a, a beautiful T-shirt from the Gay Vegetarian Society that came together in the 70s. You know, everything looks really homemade. Everything looks very personal. Uh, Nick and I were talking about how now that just wouldn't happen you know everything would look really slick and people have access to technology that can turn everything into a production whereas we were looking at these 40 year old materials that were literally photocopied magazines and there was something incredibly powerful about seeing that and I I was left with a feeling of both hope because things are so much better but also a little bit of sadness that we don't have that rawness. You know, we don't have that. that There were so many different groups of people who were fighting for their right to exist. And it goes up to the present day. There's um, banners and posters from the more recent uh, trans rights demonstrations and all very powerful. And yesterday I was out with a friend. We were in London. We were in Soho. And we were walking around, uh, just having a bit of air, and we heard some shouting, heard lots of noise. And so we were like, oh, let's get some of that. And we we stumbled across a trans rights protest. Uh, There was this demonstration, not huge amounts of people, a couple of hundred people, uh, marching for trans rights. And so we joined the end of the protest. 
and we got chatting to Bex, who's the photographer who documents all of these queer protests. And there was so there was such energy. And what I noticed was actually everyone there was a lot younger than me. Which which made me feel both excited that actually, you know, the the younger people have got this. <laughs> we will be okay in the future because they are out there um refusing to not be allowed to be themselves. But also I felt a bit sad that there weren't more people who were older, who were there to support and um, celebrate and champion the people who were marching. So yeah, it's been a really interesting few days, I guess, of thinking both big picture, global, political, um, historical, very current as well and then feeling really sorry for myself. <laughs> so it's helped me put things in perspective. And all of this is kind of leading up to what today's episode is all about, which is a wonderful conversation with Matthew. And when we recorded this, it was only just a few days ago, but none of these other things had really happened for me. And so uh, I think I came to it still in a little bit of a grisly space. But Matthew, as you know, listeners, uh, listeners of Hopecast, Matthew just brings just the most beautiful, wonderful energy. And so I finished the conversation with Matthew feeling elevated and, yeah, wonderful. So we cover lots of ground. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm not going to spoil anything else. Just sit back and enjoy. And I hope by the end of it, you also feel a sense of magic. We jump straight into the conversation uh, by talking about therapy. Uh, Matthew is talking about the therapy training he's doing and also the impact that that's having both having therapy and training as a therapist. And we shared our experiences of that. So, yeah, we start there and then we go everywhere. So enjoy. Yeah, because I've been in therapy almost five years now. And the the stuff that we're getting into in this group setting and also my personal therapy has now gone up to like once a week rather than once a fortnight. Yeah. The whole um the whole process itself is just like just when you thought you couldn't get more deep and like, and <laughs> like whoa, okay. But it's like so great. I'm being challenged and I'm being confronted with the reasons why I am the way I am. And it's it's mad magic to have it reflected and to see group. So the, the weekend workshop that we just did was about group dynamics mm. um, and see how, what roles you play in groups and like how you operate in different settings. It's fascinating. And I like, I'm so fascinated by people and, and why we do the things we do. So actually just this, this whole process and being able to learn about myself and other people is like, so, um, valuable and I feel mm. so grateful to be to have to have got onto it and to be able to do this at this time um it's it's teaching me a lot about myself I'm very mm. very lucky I did therapy for five years and I finished actually just about the time that we started Hopecast mm. and I do wonder how much of this is a replacement because sometimes it does feel even though we we put this out into the world sometimes it does well most of the time actually it feels really intimate yeah, I, even I, if, you know whether it's one to one or in a group, there's a level of intimacy and disclosure and 
things that I have said to this group that I haven't said to anyone else, mm -hmm. apart from the world of people who might listen to it. But I don't feel like I'm speaking to them. I feel like I'm speaking to you and the other people are kind of eavesdropping on that conversation. So it feels, I, I guess for me, that's why it always feels really honest because it's not a performance, it's a conversation. Yeah. And other people just happen to be able to listen to that conversation. I, uh, it's funny um, you say that because the the safe space and the like dynamic um, in in the therapy training it's just so welcomed. There's nothing that's off limits, mm. and, and having these honest conversations where you don't have to censor yourself or don't have to um, perhaps hide some of the like unacceptable um, parts of yourself in air quotes. Um, are there places that you still feel like you wouldn't go though like so when i think about our last episode and we were talking about bdsm and all of that kind of stuff and and for me i guess there was a conversation going on in my head at the same time as in the room where i was going what if anyone in my family listened to this or <laughs> what if my employer listened to this and then i, I at the same time i was kind of hearing myself going well first of all my family wouldn't listen to it and if they did you know that's their choice that's up to them yeah. secondly i've just resigned from my job so i don't <laughs> fine what they're going to do sack me and why would they so there was this whole thing going on about like conditioning and what's acceptable but i still i was you know i still feel like there was so much further i could have gone but i was pushing up against that boundary and i guess for you i'm because your life is quite different you know you've got a much more I was going to say nomadic experience, which is not, I don't know if that's true or not, but that, you know, you, you are much more emergent and making a living out of the stuff you want to do. Does that give you freedom or more restrictions? Yeah. That's funny you say that because listening to that episode, I was like, oh, this, this would have been such a good episode for me to be in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, yeah, I'd love to talk about all of that stuff. Um, I think... I pr there's probably stuff that I wouldn't like wouldn't necessarily disclose uh, on uh, on a podcast um just because I think some things are sacred uh if it's like personal um experience and stuff um but at the same time I don't think I do on the podcast anyway and and in those safe spaces I, I don't ever think about oh is this is this safe to share mm. um and I, yeah, I, I try not to censor anything that I'm going to say in those kind of things. But there are certain, I mean, I wouldn't divulge all my sexual history with the world um, unless it was necessary to, to convey a point, which I don't, I think, yeah, I don't think uh, it would be. But, um, well, they were paying for it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> when, we, when we moved to Patreon. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking OnlyFans. <laughs> Subscribe to that and we'll tell you all about our sexual experiences. Why did um... you say that? Because I had an email this week um, on my drag email saying, hey, we um, we found your account on Instagram and we'd love you to start an OnlyFans. Really? I was like, interesting. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a lot of <clears throat> performers and uh, drag queens who do like... Um, specialized content or like makeup mm. tutorials and stuff so it's not just like the the sex aspect of it and um i just thought it was really funny to be approached by any fans to be like we want you on our platform mm. it's nice <laughs> to be asked no one's ever asked me um, <laughs> but it's 
I mean, I've also heard of, I mean, heard of, that sounds like it's really salacious. I don't think anyone's made a secret of it. But there's quite um, kind of high profile drag performers who've done Drag Race or they're very well known who do that kind of sexually explicit OnlyFans stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're really unapologetic about it. Yeah. And it's like when you were talking about safe spaces, I was thinking, well, what makes a safe space? Because actually, it it's safe for us having the conversation. It might feel unsafe to other people coming in on that conversation, but that's their choice if they come into that space. Mm-hmm. Whereas often we are censoring ourselves or hiding ourselves because it doesn't feel safe to be ourselves in the world. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, t- it, it shifts the power dynamics. It's kind of like, yeah, you listen to our podcast, you're going to hear stuff. <laughs> and that's that's your choice. If you don't want to hear it, don't listen to it. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's all about trust um, and establishing like a, a deep connection or like it's an energetic thing, I think, as well, um, which ne- doesn't necessarily have to be in person, but it's it's feeling like you're on the same playing field and there's not mm. there's not other energies at play that you might be out to hurt me or to yeah. to undermine me in some way so i think yeah. um it's very dependent on people's intention and like why mm. why you're friends with them or why you're having this conversation um it's funny i was i was having this conversation in therapy this week about oh there's a lot sorry <laughs> my attention <laughs> span there's a fox just ran right across a a fox a fox in the midst of day um so easily distracted um well if it catches your attention it wants your attention and so what kind of what are you telling me fox yeah what kind of magic is that fox bringing into you foxes are all about like i don't know cunning and wiliness and Mm. yeah there may be something there about the universe is asking for you true true um, or maybe it's just a fox. Maybe fox, fox is just a fox. And my attention span is awful, so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, no, what was I saying? We, um, I was talking about this in therapy uh, this week. Um, and how... Uh, what it takes to let that guard down and we we had a moment in in our session where i felt like the the headlights were turned on me and i felt very mm. uh, uh pinned against the wall i felt very like um vulnerable mm. and it I, and it, the, the thing that came to mind was um the similar feeling of when i had to like pretend to be someone else or when I had to think up a story to cover my back for something that I maybe shouldn't have been doing or Mm. uh, someone I shouldn't be. And that that's the first time I've really um, put a finger on when, when I feel too interrogated, it's that kind of energy of I'm being looked at uh, in, in a inquisitive and like too, um, harsh way I get very defensive then and shut down so that's not that's not a safe space for me and we kind of talked through that and where that comes from which I think is really useful because in light of the the dynamic the group dynamics workshop we did at the weekend a lot of things came up for people who were triggered by the 
the facilitator and by other people in the group. And it was really interesting to observe that other people completely shut down and they said so in, in the feedback. Mm. Um, and what what that triggers in them, because obviously the all people are going to bring up different um past experiences based on what they say how they act how they um, are with you in the room so that was really useful for me actually this week to recognize that people being um overly what's the word oh, um it's more than inquisitive but less than interrogating so like when people are looking too closely at me i get very defensive um yeah so the the spirit animal of the fox apparently according to spiritanimal.info <laughs> take that for what you like um when a fox enters your world it's about increased awareness physical and mental responsiveness mm -hmm. it's about an ability to see through deception to be discerning um it's an affinity with nocturnal activities and dreaming mm -hmm. and when the fox appears in your life it encourages action and quick moves maybe adaptability and ability to move quickly through obstacles uh, it's about the power of deduction and observation and how that can be more powerful in how you deal with daily matters and it can be about sharpening your physical alertness characterized by cunning ability but that may indicate that you need to pay attention to people or circumstances that may be deceiving you or tricking you into going down a path that doesn't necessarily serve you it might be calling you to be more discerning in relationships whether it's businesses or friendships or for the choices you make for yourself so yeah you can harness the power of the fox like does that speak to you at all it does actually there's um i do feel especially the, from the beginning of this year something shifted energy wise and just a lot of things feel like they're moving again i think i'd mm. been feeling stuck i mean obviously we're in a pandemic but just not even not even just relating to that things felt a bit stagnant and like they weren't moving and they mm. feel very um a lot of things have been uh, unearthed and like brought up to the surface and I feel like things are churning and it's 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 a lot like after the mm. after the, the weekend I felt really emotionally drained we did um family constellations mm. uh, basically uh involves you like making a tableau out of your family and like placing people in uh different positions to to recreate the the roles that everyone played in the family and um yeah doing that and also observing other people's was really emotional and also we had to then play some of the roles in other people's families and then wow. and voice uh how that felt and what it was like um it's powerful stuff that we've done <laughs> my heart's beating faster <laughs> just hearing that i'm like oh wow okay it really was and like there were only there was the several of the people who who got up to do it but everyone was so moved by mm. i mean the vulnerability to share that whole thing with a with a group of relatively strangers like we've we've done a couple of weeks now but it was really special i've i've done similar exercises in my drama training but it just felt way more real and special knowing mm. that this is actually someone's life in this room and we're mm. we're literally recreating it. There was something very transcend transcendental. No, tran 
I don't know, transformative or like mm. just otherworldly about it because all of the things that people were saying, it hadn't they didn't say, Oh, this is your this is your sister she's really aggressive blah 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 it, they just put them in this position mm. uh, and and froze them in this tableau and they spoke from that position mm. there was something really profound yeah um about how accurate they were and for you coming up for a birthday so what's this 23 21 again <laughs> <laughs> what's this going to be 32 31 31 god fuck's sake yeah. um so you know, obviously 30 is quite a big milestone for some people. Mm. I remember turning, well, like that, for the one after a big number, like a 30 or a 40, feeling a bit like, oh, okay, so now I'm into it. Like, do you, who do you feel like you are on the on the cusp of 31? Mm. I'm, I suppose I'm kind of looking at, <laughs> looking at this birthday as my 30.2 because I... Uh, <laughs> Because it was in lockdown last year. Um, oh, wow, yeah. didn't really, well, I did get to celebrate it with some of my friends, but like it, it didn't feel like a proper birthday because the whole world was just crap. Like, I mean, it still is, but at least we can go somewhere now. It felt yeah. very, um, it felt very stuck. Um, so I feel like this, this will be a birthday to, to do something. I haven't actually planned what the hell I'm doing, but we'll see. Um, and what's your wish for Matthew at 31? Um, I think to continue all of the progress and the learning that has happened in the last year, I really feel like this, my, like my year of 30 has been one of the best thus far. I've loved mm. it. Um, and I, I really feel like edging ever closer to uh, the, the full integrated person that I want to be. Um, and all the Why have you loved it so much? Like, and this isn't a trick question because, you know, generally I've felt exactly the same over the last year or two. I feel like this has been such an exciting time. And then I go, oh yeah, but there's a pandemic and there's a war and, you know, the world is shit. So why are we thriving? What, what do you think is going on for you that's helping you bloom despite the thundery conditions yeah i know and i, I do want to say like the, the state of the world at the moment is really um oh, it's so hard to see just i feel so heartbroken to see everything that's happening and know that there's very little that i can do in my in my own little sphere of consciousness here um but per, yeah i guess personally over the last year despite all of the all of the shit that's happening in the world have managed to like because I've I've been through some really dark places pre all of the pandemic stuff happening that I felt like I was almost geared up to to face those challenges head on and not be like oh my god this is even like I'd already been through my darkest points by that point mm -hmm. so actually it was I think it was a call to action and it was a call to be like this is this is time to like really take ownership of who you are and where you want to be going. Having that pause during the pandemic made me so reflective and assess who I am, what I want to be doing with my life, where I want to go in the future. Um, and, and by all means, not, um, not uh, completely satisfied and like happy with everything right now. 
However, I feel like I have made a hell of a leap from where I was pre that. So I feel very yeah. grateful to have had that moment of um, reflection and pause. Um, and in terms of the last year, I think, yeah, I think turning 30, I was just like, they're really like, I'm 30 now. There's this, <laughs> there is really no, there is really no time to be beating around the bush and um, holding back. Like we are like, obviously we're all in this, these bodies and this um, lifetime once. I know this sounds so cliche, but like make the most of it. And what, like, why are you holding yourself back? Why can't you be the best person that you can be now? There's no point waiting for it. Um, and yeah, just, I think also the, um, also the time for reflection just made me like evaluate a lot of the the behaviors and like the things that I was doing, which probably didn't aid or haven't aided where I, where I would like to be or like my mental health or, um, yeah, other, other bits and bobs. So actually assessing, um, potential addictive patterns and behaviors which aren't helping me become that person has been um invaluable hmm. and it's all so multifaceted isn't it because there's there's the the backdrop of the world and the the climate that we're living in like mm -hmm. both physically and metaphorically and you know i'm really struck by the the kind of tensions between those things that we've talked about about safe spaces and you know the the kind of foxy space which is like being a bit you know urban and roaming at night time maybe when it's less safe and you know you you strike me as quite a nocturnal creature sometimes with the work you do and you know you you go to places that that are maybe maybe I'm being too dramatic about it, but, you know, living in the shadows in a good way. Like, you, you know, you, you occupy spaces where you, you literally shine a light on yourself and that light brings people joy in quite a dark place. Mm -hmm. And so there is this tension for me, I think, between the safety that we need and the, the, the spirit of the fox that just goes, yeah, fuck it, I'm going to go you know, eat some trash <laughs> and take my chances. <laughs> That's not a good bit of advice for anyone. Don't go and eat trash. But, you know, I think you span those worlds. I think you have a much more exciting life than I do. And that brings me joy. I love mm -hmm. just knowing that you're out there doing this. Yeah. I, I just want to quickly um, mention two things. Um, I, I, can't, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was um, either Fern Cotton's um, Happy Place or Russell Brown's Under the Skin this week. Um, one of their guests they had on was talking about the, the cycles of society and like how we have a summer, a winter, a fall, uh, autumn and spring. What did spring. I not say? <laughs> we can spring, create a fifth autumn. one. Let's have a spring. new one. Yeah. Uh, spring, summer, autumn, winter, and we're currently in the winter of of the world. Like, oh wow, okay. things that are happening. Uh, this this is this is the time of like things, like dying and for, and for new things to emerge. Mm -hmm. um, and and hearing that actually made me quite 
um, I don't know, there was a bit of relief or there was a bit of um, a weight lifted, knowing that the, 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 this world situation is happening because the world is in winter. Mm. But personally, I feel like my spring is just happening. And if, if my if my spring <laughs> can come before the end of this winter, that's something really special. And it was saying about how resilient the people who are living through this world winter right now will become as a result. And the spring will be even uh, more abundant and more mm. um, valuable because we've seen the darkest periods. Mm. I think that was that really touched me hearing it, and um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. I can't remember what you said about the. Um, it's like spanning those spaces of safety and not necessarily danger, because I don't think it's dangerous, or you know, I guess there are times when it could be, but mm. being in a play, I think what you do is you create spaces of safety for others, but that maybe doesn't always mean it's safe for you because you're the one that's having to go out there and you know, carve the path. People don't carve paths, walk the path, whatever it is. Create Tread. the space, tread the path, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that as well about um, what you, you made, you meant to comment um, about like uh, my, my life or like uh, the exciting things mm. and stuff. And that's also something I've recognized. I mean, cause I've been so busy as, as you'll know, like I haven't been able to do the last few podcast because of um various life things um but that's definitely something I've also been addressing of like why I, I think I take on more than I probably should mm-hmm. for my um for my well-being but I seem to love I mean do I <laughs> I seem to like staying busy and I think yeah. that um I think that's that stems from a place of like wanting to like achieve and do a lot as well as learning and keep um i think when i when i get too stuck i feel very trapped mm. um so it's almost like keeping the ball rolling uh, a rolling stone grows no moss is that the same mm. um so that's something i've definitely been assessing um because uh, yeah a lot of a lot of people say to me like how do you how do you do all of these things? And it's and I think a lot of the time is at expense of my own like well-being, which I need mm. to I need to check. Um, and what's wrong with a mossy stone? Mm. You know, there is something in, in that about well, why why does moss get a bad rap here? You know, surely moss is good for the planet, is it? I don't know. I don't even know what moss is really, apart from it just you know it's got a bad reputation. But there is something as a society we we prioritize and privilege busyness mm. and and that's not doing anyone any good no definitely not and even I, halfway I, through that question your brain interrupted itself it was beautiful to watch you were like i really like being do i busy and it was like your brain <laughs> kind of went hang on we're gonna just pause there just yeah put a, put a marker in that and come back and ask yourself that again yeah um i think I like I like doing a lot of things, but I I have a tendency to do too much and overwhelm myself, which stresses mm. me out. So yeah. it's finding the balance. I I do like I like being um, occupied and like doing things, mm. but um, maybe my scheduling is just a little off. Yeah, <laughs> putting too much on my plate. Yeah. 
and I wish I could say I've cracked that and it's different, mm -hmm. but I'm the same. Because mm -hmm. I feel so, you know, I often wonder what it would be like just to have a really simple, undemanding, uninterested life mm -hmm. with very little curiosity and mm -hmm. I don't know, just being content with consuming whatever gets thrown at me. And, and I'm just not there. And I hope I never get there. But it's sometimes quite um, exhausting to be going, oh God, there's so many things I want to do. I want to see these exhibitions and I want to go to this play and I want to write this thing and I want to go and be with people. And I go, fucking hell, just mm -hmm. stop for a while. Mm -hmm. But I, I do worry about stopping. So maybe, I'm, maybe I have my own fear of moss, fear of mossing. <laughs> I think um, I think society generally rewards it though, which is mm. which is wild. Like our Western culture, love it, and it feeds into it. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm so busy, I'm so busy." But like, mm. yeah, it almost becomes a bit of a competition. Um, of like, it'd be great to try and disrupt that narrative. If someone said to you, oh, "I'm so busy," to say, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that." Mm. You know, like almost like to shift the, the dynamic of it so that it's not seen as something to aspire to. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm so busy. Oh no, you poor thing. Mm. Oh, that's terrible. What are you going to do about that? Mm. Something else he says, I'm yeah. going to have to listen back to this and listen to my own bloody advice. <laughs> something I've also been noticing. Um, we, we talked a lot about elements uh, in terms of personality and stuff in, in one of these workshops and noticing I'm a very watery type and I, uh, water mm. types have no boundaries and they just they will just spill everywhere if there's no container to hold them <laughs> and I was like oh you got me girl <laughs> well yes and a raindrop is contained it's contained by its own boundaries it has surface water tension mm. it has a shape it has a momentum and so, yeah, when water comes in contact with other stuff, it might have, you know, less ability to contain itself. But the, the structure of water has containment. It's mm. when it comes into contact with other elements that it then, you know, puts fire out, which can be good or bad. You know, if your house is on fire, you need a bit of water. Mm. It's not always a bad thing to be No, watering. it's not. It's definitely, it's definitely a... Um... A double-edged, not a double-edged sword. There's definitely two sides to it, like the, the creativeness and expansiveness and kind of emotional um, otherworldly energy that mm. that holds. It's also really um, powerful and great for creativity. Like, I love being a water type, but um, it's definitely something I've noticed that boundaries and stuff are something I'm so unfamiliar mm. with. Which, which makes me laugh, like knowing, I think a lot of my twenties, um, I, some of the, some of the um, struggles and problems I had was because I didn't set boundaries. And like mm. realizing this in the last year, um, that boundary setting is so important and necessary for, mm. um, for people not overstepping their mark or, mm. uh, or being treated the way you want to be treated. It's about letting people know and part of that is being assertive. Yeah. Very, very fiery type. Yeah. yeah. 
got to have a bit of everything. I'm learning. Fire. Exactly. And, you know, you add a bit of fire to the water and the water starts to boil. You get a bit of steam. You know, you need that energy as well because that's what keeps all the molecules moving. Mm. It's just knowing the times when you go, actually, I'm just going to calm myself down and freeze myself a little bit, give myself some harder edges, like Mm. a little ice cube, rather than just being constantly, you know, vapour. But all of it's available to us, all of yeah. it. And I feel really, I, you know, God, I, I hate playing the age card, but I feel so excited for you turning 31 because that's, 30s are so brilliant. And yeah, and you're brilliant anyway, but there's something about that, that place that you're in of self-discovery and self-love as well. This isn't, this isn't you discovering more about yourself and then going, oh, I don't like who I am. It's like going, oh, this is amazing. More of this. Yeah, I, I'm already loving my 30s, so bring it bring it on. And also, <laughs> it's because I've just become an uncle. Like, I feel that's definitely transitioned my life into a completely new stage as well. It just feels like everything is um, changing changing a gear, and it mm. feels good. This, this um, feeling of just, like, knowing who I am and not feeling like I need to prove myself to anyone is quite liberating. Mm. And just, like owning it's own like i think we've talked about it before just owning everything that you are the good the bad the ugly it's and we're we're getting older but by god we are gonna own it we're getting better yeah and that feels like a lovely place to end thanks so much for listening to this episode it's been uh, a joy having this conversation with matthew and we wish matthew a happy birthday for 30 plus one We'll see you again on the next episode of Hopecast. And in the meantime, please leave us a rating or a review. Uh, Five-star ratings only, please. Anything less is homophobic. You can visit us on our socials at Hopecast Podcast. And we'll see you again. Well, we won't see you. You'll hear us again soon. We'll be in your ears again soon. Take care.